Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. Today we're going to talk with Spencer Tuma and B.J. Tanksley about our legislative day here in Jefferson City and the issues that they've been talking with our members about. So let's get started. Today we're joined by Spencer Tuma, our Director of National Legislative Programs, and B.J. Tanksley, our Director of State Legislative Programs, because we have a lot of things that have happened this week that involve all of us, so we thought we'd just get in the same room and talk it through a little bit. So, Spencer, we're just going to start off with uh, some of the things on the national front. We've got a lot still up in the air with the trade situation, especially with China. Where are we with those right now? Yeah, so conversations continue uh, to take place with China and the U.S. regarding reaching an agreement on the tariff situation that we've been facing largely since last spring. Um, The Trump administration has imposed kind of a like a self-imposed deadline of March 1st. Uh, According to the president, if an agreement is reached by March 1st, we will not be at risk at this point for additional tariffs. However, if the Chinese fail to come to the table and work to address some of the existing issues that are going on, um, we will potentially see additional tariffs levied after March 1st. So Mm -hmm. it's a huge deal for agriculture. Um, We're watching it very closely, and and it just continues the conversation surrounding trade as we work towards approving the USMCA as well. Yeah, and so that's the other big uh, issue on the trade front is the USMCA, and it's something that needs to still get approval by Congress. Have we heard any movement on that so far? So right now, we are really talking a lot about USMCA. We're learning a lot about what is in the agreement and what the agreement may hold for a lot of different industries. Again, we do see this as a net positive for agriculture, uh, but there's a lot of steps that have to be taken in order to implement USMCA. You don't get to just negotiate the agreement, and then when it's signed, you say, okay, we're done. Here it is. Now now it's USMCA and not NAFTA. Congress actually does approve all trade agreements, uh, and in particular, USMCA. USMCA was negotiated under Trade Promotion Authority, which requires an up or down vote of Congress on the language of the agreement with no amendments Mm -hmm. uh, in order for it to go into effect. So um, there are some timelines that exist surrounding that. Right now, we're waiting on the administration to propose what's called an implementing bill, which would implement the trade agreement. And there, once that bill is introduced, we have 90 legislative days to get that through Congress. Yeah. And it sounds like there's some pushback from uh, at least, well, a handful of different groups within the within Congress, especially some of the Democrats in the House that are not as supportive of the president and would maybe like to see him um, not get this priority passed. Um, and then also just some people who don't really care for free trade agreements. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that is something that I think may make it a little harder to get this passed than than some people originally initially had hoped. Um, but until they really get it introduced and start counting votes, I guess we won't know for a little while. Right. Historically speaking, trade agreements, no matter who is in the White House, are very difficult to get past Congress. There's just a lot of moving parts. They're very Mm -hmm. large pieces of legislation and really do impact global trade. And so it's not as easy as just saying, oh, well, this is great for agriculture. Let's approve it. Mm -hmm. I wish it was that easy, but unfortunately it's not. There's a lot of other parts involved. Like you say, there's a lot of details involved in it, and it's not just a statement of trade is now free or or uh, the tariff is now 3%. It's There are hundreds, if not thousands, of mm-hmm. individual tariff lines in each agreement that relate to specific commodities. And so that's where you get into the back and forth bickering of, well, this one's too high, this one's too low, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have every regional interest 
in the entire nation that's weighing in on this. That's why it gets so complicated. That's what I was just going to say. Every one of those that you bring in brings a group that may be for or against it. So it makes it very difficult. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, um, and, and that is the, the entire purpose behind Trade Promotion Authority is to try to make it be an up or down vote. Because without that ability, you wouldn't ever get one of these passed through Congress right. because of that. Everybody would want to put their little piece into it and send it back. And you can't have 535 negotiators uh, for a, a, a deal with another country. So, okay. Well, that's um, something that's still on the radar, but haven't seen the action yet. And we do expect that if they're, uh, as that March 1st deadline approaches, if they get some progress, the, the uh, Trump administration will probably um, extend that a little bit if we can feel like we're making progress towards a, a an agreement. Yeah, we certainly hope so. Good deal. Uh, the other big thing, though, that happened this week is our annual legislative conference um, here in Jefferson City. And we had that over a two-day stretch this year and had some speakers come in, had some events here at the home office, and had some people go over to the Capitol and meet with their legislators. So, um, BJ, I, I think that um, everything seemed like it went fairly well, had a lot of uh, good turnout despite some bad weather. Um, what all were uh, the highlights from, from your perspective? Yeah, we uh, we wrapped up a great event. Everybody was involved in it, had a lot of home office staff that took part in it. Really appreciate everybody's help. Oh, had a great event. Uh, had a Approximately 150, a little more than 150 Missouri Farm Bureau members. Um, I think the weather probably kept that down a little bit. I know we had some nasty weather the night coming in and mm-hmm. Wednesday morning, so uh, that seems to be kind of a pattern that we've all seen recently. But I, but we had a great event. Had good number of members here. We're able to hold our annual PAC meetings, which is always uh, not always that exciting, but something that has to get done for our membership. And then uh, had a great meeting talking about issues that we care about with our members. They were able to get updated from staff. Uh, we were joined by a lot of great legislators. Uh, we had uh, President Pro Tem Schatz. Uh, we had uh, Senator Bernsketter, who's the chairman of the Ag Committee in the Senate. Um, Speaker Elijah Har came and visited with us this morning. Uh, chairman Roan from the House Ag Committee. And then um, Representative Hannah Kelly, who chairs the Appropriations Committee that deals with agriculture. So had a lot of great leaders and agricultural leaders from the from the. Um, from the House and the Senate come and visit with us, um, and then um, also went to the Capitol and just took our issues to the Capitol. Um, You can't overstate how important that is for our members to advocate for the issues they care about. You know, legislators, I say it a lot, but I'll say it again, our legislators here a lot from me and from people that look a lot like me. People dressed up and in suits and ties will go over there advocating for issues, but for our members to go and say why these issues matter to them really makes a difference in the Capitol. I know Spencer works on that with her issues, um, and that's what we're always trying to do, is connect our members not only with their legislators but with others and talk about the issues that matter. you know, some some legislators understand the issues of broadband access or transportation and needs for good roads. Everybody kind of understands that. But to be able to talk about it from a perspective of this is holding me back on my farm operation or, you know, I'm on a weight restricted bridge. So now I have to go around or the school bus can't pick up my kids from a direct direction. Now they have to go all the way around. It takes an extra hour to get to school um, to have those personal stories. I know we've all said it, but it really helps the legislators when they're going and then advocating for those issues. So um, going over there and talking about the issues was a big part of it. And then we had our big blowout event that we have every legislative day, which was our legislative banquet, where we had upwards of 400 here last night, um, had a great time visiting, um, had a great meal, as we always do here at the Farm Bureau Cafeteria, um, and then um, just got to hear from several of our statewide leaders, Secretary of State Ashcroft, um, Attorney General Schmidt um, joined us, um, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe was here for a little 
while. So we were able to see from a lot of great state leaders. We had chairs of departments and other staff here. Uh, a lot of our university folks were represented, represented and, and just had a great time visiting with people, talking about common interest of agriculture and things that are going around in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those those visits may not be all that uh, substantive. They're, they're not always talking about issues, but a great time to build relationships um, across lines where you otherwise may not see each other. I know sometimes it's like a reunion for a lot of us of mm-hmm. people you may not see for a while, um, all getting back together and talking about things that matter. So well, and, um, had and a great event. One of the other things that we had a lot of um, a lot of people last night was several of the congressional offices mm-hmm. had representatives no there as well. Um, Senator Holly had a representative there. So um, having a lot of um, people from both the federal and states, state level that are interested in what Farm Bureau members have to say, I think is really helpful. Um, and on that note, Spencer, I know that you um, spoke with a lot of our members during the legislative legislative day mm-hmm. um, about the issues that you're working on the federal uh, federal government. Aside from trade, what are some of those other issues that you've had discussions about over the past few days, and what, what have you heard from members? Yeah, so one of the biggest ones that we've heard about over the past couple of weeks, and Leslie Holloway is actually out in Washington, D.C. this week doing some meetings on this very issue, but the EPA did announce their new clean water rule, which is the rule that has been proposed to take the place of the 2015 WOTUS rule, which Missouri Farm Bureau has been against from the very beginning. Um, the new clean water rule looks pretty good for agriculture. Um, there's a lot of ins and outs, and, and Leslie has all of those details, but we have put together an action alert uh, for our members to submit comments to the EPA and Army Corps of Engineers. You can go to mofb.org and click on the Action Center and just submit your name and address, and it'll send your comments straight to the EPA. So. It's a really cool feature. Um, we've also adding a texting feature on our Action mm-hmm. Center. Just in so the past can, couple of weeks, I believe that went live. Yeah, so we just rolled that out um, the beginning of February. If you want to sign up for that, you can text MOFB to 50457, and you'll be signed up to receive action alerts straight from your phone. It is very easy to take action. Literally, I'm not making this up. It takes less than 20 seconds once you have yeah. your information entered. So I would encourage all our listeners to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. that definitely makes it a lot easier because I've done it myself. Um, I signed up for it. And then when I did get a text, I did, I did click on that and I was done before I knew it. It really is a, a pretty slick feature. So yeah. appreciate you getting that going because I think that's going to make it a lot easier for a lot of our members to, to comment on, weigh in on these issues. Right. And one thing that I really think, we were talking about the legislative banquet. Personally, that's one of my favorite events that we do here mm-hmm. at Missouri Farm Bureau because, as you mentioned, it really does bring together your local, state, and federal leaders. We had representatives from four federal offices here. We had three members of the cabinet, several Missouri elected officials uh, at the statewide level and uh, state reps and senators. So it's really cool to see all of those people together in one place with our members sharing the importance of agriculture. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things a lot of people that were there liked uh, and mentioned to me was um, that there wasn't a really heavy program. It was just mm-hmm. a good opportunity to sit around and talk with some people that you don't get to see all that often. So building those relationships is just as important as the substantive stuff that we that we share sometimes. No doubt. Um, so on that uh, note, though, the substantive stuff is extremely important as mm-hmm. well. And uh, BJ, what are the biggest topics that you've been focusing on in the past few weeks with the state legislature? Yeah, so we've had some exciting weeks in the legislature. You know, we've uh, started to focus on um, the legislative sessions kind of really hit a stride in the last few weeks. Um, we've had some busy ones. Um, recently, our members may have seen action alerts talking about uh, prescription drug monitoring. Um, that's something that we saw um, pass the House um, last week, I believe it was. So it was third read in the House. Um, uh, Representative Raider's bill um, was able to be voted out of the House and now is 
has moved to the Senate. So we're excited to see that get done. You know, this bill or, or bills similar to this have passed the House before. Um, so now it goes to the Senate and we, we will hope to see it get passed in the Senate. The, the Senate is always where, you know, tough issues go and sometimes have a hard time. But we will be pushing it there, too. You know, uh, we've talked about it before. Missouri is the only state in the nation that doesn't have a prescription drug monitoring program. Um, I may have shared the story, but I've heard some personal stories of doctors that say they have to play detective when somebody comes in and is asking for relief from mm-hmm. pain mm-hmm. because they don't know if that's a if that's a legitimate ask or if it's just somebody that has an addiction problem, which they need to be addressed also. Yeah. Um, but it's very tough for our doctors when they don't have this tool in the toolbox to be able to make sure they know the truth is being told to them when they're making prescription decisions. Um, in the other states, they don't have some of the fears that we hear from the other side. They don't have massive data breaches and other misuses of information. So this has proven to be safe in other areas. Um, I think it, it doesn't solve all the problems with the opioid abuse and opioid addiction. Addictions and the and the horrible uh, problems that it brings to families and lives, um, but it is a tool to try to address it and is proven to be effective. And the professionals that use it are asking for it. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can see that get done. It's something new. Missouri Farm Bureau is new to the conversation on, so we will be continuing to talk about that a lot. And I, and I talked to uh, Representative Rader about that this morning. Yeah. I saw her over at the Capitol, and she was very bullish on it. She was uh, excited about the strength of the vote in the House. Said that it was, I believe, she said it was the the strongest vote total they've had yeah, so it's, far. Yeah, it's probably so. And um, that she felt pretty good about the prospects in the Senate, although nothing's easy in the Senate, as you mentioned. It never is. That's the way it goes. But I do think the stars are aligning to try to get something done. Yeah. I think from leadership <clears throat> positions, we have um, leaders that have been supportive in the past. And I think it is something that it's come time that, you know, well, let, let's not be the 49th or the only state left. Let's go right. ahead and get it done. And, and Guam and Puerto Rico also have one. Yeah, she, yeah. She I mentioned. did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So she was like, it's even worse, not just for. States, it's everybody. Well, so, and it is no such a, a big problem. Our resolutions committee talked about the opioid crisis a lot this mm-hmm. past year. And one thing, a statistic that really strikes all of us, I think, is that one in three Missouri families is impacted in some way by the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's pretty alarming. Um, and that problem uh, can sometimes be worse in rural communities. You know, the American Farm Bureau Federation and the National Farmers Union, two sometimes very unlikely friends, have, have come together to try to look at this issue at the federal level as well. So we certainly are hopeful that Missouri will will kind of get on board. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, no uh, doubt. What are the other uh, hot-button issues that are still working their way through? Yeah, so um, last week we also saw some movement on windmill taxation. We talked mm-hmm. about that a little bit earlier of trying to make sure that impact stays local. So we've recently seen that pass out of committees in different sides um, and should be able to make its way to the floor of both the House and the Senate recently. This is a uh, common sense fix to make sure that uh, when these new developments are coming to areas, that the promise they've made that they would have large local impact continues to be that way. So we're excited to see that get done. Um, and the other one you may have seen in the news recently is talking about initiative petition reform. Mm-hmm. This is always a major topic and it's never going to be easy. You know, Missouri Farm Bureau wants true grassroots efforts to be able to reach the ballot. And when there truly is an outrage or, or an issue that comes from the people, we want that to still make it. But we want to make sure that every area of the state gets to be a part of that process. You know, in the recent years, we've seen more and more use of the initiative petition petition process. Um, and sometimes for issues that seem to be more pet issues or, or, or specific issues to one particular group or, or area, um, rather than the or true groundswell of, hey, we must address this. Um, and one thing that we've seen with our with our resolutions process 
is we want to make sure that all congressional districts are a part of the signature gathering process. You know, I've heard I've heard it quoted that um, with the current status, you only have to reach so many congressional districts. You could literally work within two or three counties um, and gather all the signatures you need because of the way the congressional districts overlap in the cities and the urban centers. Um, you don't have to go to southeast Missouri to gather any signatures. You don't have to go to northeast or northwest um, because of the population mm-hmm. centers. And so we want to make sure that those areas of the state also get to be a part of the of the signature gathering process to make sure that those people have their say in whether or not they think this should make it to the ballot. I think that's a common sense thing. Yeah. We want to, you know, we always talk about wanting to make sure rural representative represent rule is represented. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is just a simple fact of that. Um, we do want to make sure that the ballot process is still available, um, but we also don't want our uh, constitution to be just constantly being changed by any change of the wind. So yeah. uh, we, we, we are seeing some movement in that direction. There's been a lot of Senate hearings over it since we began session of different ideas of initiative petition reform. I think what we're probably seeing is a vetting of ideas where the committee will then come together and say, what can we do that's substantive and does make a change? Um, and then what would maybe the voters be um, willing to accept? Because mm-hmm. anything that we do change would have to go to a vote of the people. Uh, so that's a good thing. We'll get mm-hmm. to see how the people feel about it when it does come. This yeah. isn't some change just coming from Jefferson City. It's saying, we believe our constituents feel this way, and then we'll let them have their chance to say on it as well. So yeah. um, that's that's been a large portion of the conversation. Um, there's been several... Um, Animal agricultural bills uh, talking about uh, confiscation of animals and the protections of the use of working animals. Um, that Missouri Farm Bureau has been actively involved in those conversations of making sure that we're protecting animal owners that are taking care of their animals correctly, um, making sure that animal owners are being protected against um, unjust uh, accusations. Mm-hmm. So, so we want to, you know, we we're adamant that we want to make sure that animals are treated correctly. But we all know there are activists out there that would like to see animal agriculture completely go away. So we want to make sure that that's not the case in the state of Missouri. Yeah. So we have had some very busy weeks. Um, I guess the last thing probably making the news recently was a bill that's just recently been been introduced, um, and Missouri Farm Bureau is supportive of that Senate Bill 391 by Senator Bernsketter. We're mm-hmm. talking about looking at county health ordinances. Now, this is something we talk about a lot um, inside of Farm Bureau, among Farm Bureau memberships, where county um, commissions and county health boards um, put additional restrictions on animal agriculture um, that would keep them from coming to their areas. And we want to take a look at this. This is an issue that we've seen across the state where individual operations have looked to come into counties and the county has said no to them. And we know the state of Missouri has a good environmental background. You know, we don't have a lot of rampant environmental uh, issues and they're not caused by animal agriculture as we see across out there. And the Department of Natural Resources does a good job of looking over these operations. We don't need additional restrictions. We don't need a patchwork of restrictions across the state that say, you know, in County A, you can do this, but in County B, you can't, you Mm -hmm. know, just because uh, two people or possibly three chose that that was the right way for that county. Um, Honestly, a lot of these county health ordinances are looking at individual operations and saying, we don't want that here. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't want just a few people from a county to be able to say arbitrarily and without the science background that this shouldn't happen in our county. So yeah. we'll be taking a look at that. It'll be an active conversation. Um, we are protective of the environment. We want to look out for family farmers. We know that oftentimes this is what lets families bring the next generation back to the farm. Yeah. And, and this is this is a agricultural decision. It is not becoming a factory farm just because now instead of having 50 cows, you have 
75 cows. This is um, allowing the next generation to come back to the farm. It's diversifying your operation by bringing more agriculture into it. Um, you may be growing corn and now you're growing it for feed rather than to sell to the local cell barn so, or to the local uh, granary. So um, these these are personal decisions that are made. We want to make sure that the good regulations that DNR has in place be, continue to be the law of the land. Um, so we're going to be taking an active, uh, an active look at this. And yeah. I think it's important to clarify, you know, as Missouri Farm Bureau, this is not about any one specific proposal. There have right. been a lot of proposals for these sort of operations to come into counties in the last year. This is not, we do not take positions on individual permits, but Farm Bureau believes that if you have the credibility to comply with the state's regulations, then you should be allowed to have your permit. That's Mm -hmm. an excellent point. That is such a good point. Um, And and a lot of times what we see is, you know, you hear the arguments of local control, and we are are all for local control, but we also want educated control, and we want it to be done right. What we often see is activists from completely outside of that area coming into the area and trying to block permits that otherwise the area Mm -hmm. would have agreed to. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd be surprised by what a small number of people these are that we see repeatedly in different areas of the state um, claiming and environmental disaster that just isn't true mm-hmm. by an operation coming to their area. Yeah, and this is one of those examples where there are certain regulations that you want to be consistent across uh, the entire jurisdiction across the state, like yeah. the rules of the road. Um, so this is more about telling uh, operations how they how they have to comply with environmental regulations so that they can um, have the cleanest water and air uh, re- in relation to their operation and and actually use science-based standards so that you do have those highest level uh, requirements on people that are trying to uh, to raise animals in, in the most environmentally friendly way that they can. But if you have different rules in different counties, then that makes it very difficult for anyone to, um, to actually have operations because then they, the paperwork overwhelms them and it uh, it makes it very difficult to make sure you're still in compliance and doing things the right way. So that um, exactly definitely right. would be a, a positive to have that uh, as a standardization across yeah. the state rather than, like you say, potentially 114 different rules. Yeah. And, and one of the things to point out is the University of Missouri recently did a study looking at how can we do more in agriculture across the state. And one of the things was we need to keep more of our agriculture here in the state rather than, um, you know, raising uh, livestock to a certain age and shipping them to another state. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that they said that's keeping us from having more of our value-added agriculture stay here in the state of Missouri is county health ordinances because mm-hmm. they're blocking some of that development happening right here in the state of Missouri. Right. And as you say, they are allegedly based on health reasons, but yeah. the real purpose is not related to health. The re- regulations aren't really related to health. They're just um, attempting to uh, to keep out a particular operation almost mm-hmm. every time, yeah, um, no not doubt. just to ensure the health of the of the local people, which is ensured by those DNR regulations. Yeah, and I think you can even make the argument that this is a stretch of state law currently. Yeah, that current is. law is it's saying that counties can look at health issues, and we are not seeing uh, physically human health issues coming from these issues mm-hmm. from these operations. Yeah. They are just using that as an excuse to put uh, regulations in place. Right, it's a pretext. Yeah. Okay, well, a lot to keep our eyes on over the next few weeks as we go through the legislative session. Uh, Appreciate you both joining us, and um, we'll see how these things develop and continue to keep people informed. It's been a big week. Thank you very much. Sounds great. Thanks. All right. Thank you.
Thanks again for joining us. If you would like to sign up for our action alerts, please text MOFB to 50457, and then you will get alerted on all of the issues that we're working on for you in Jeff City and Washington, D.C. We will catch you next week.